0: Welcome to the Triple Play Fantasy Network, which is and the Super Fantasy Bros podcast. And on this show, it's a little different tonight. So we don't, we do not have Jacob Dunn. Jacob Dunn's uh, wife is in labor, so he is having he's having his second baby. So prayers are with him and his family, and how everything's going good. Haven't had any updates yet. So on this episode of the podcast, we have the man, the myth, the legend, the brains behind Triple Play Fantasy. He graced us with his presence today. Uh, that is D. Mindy, David Mendelson. David, how are you doing tonight?
1: Oh, man, you never talk that nice to me. Otherwise, is, I'm not used to that from you. But uh, I, I don't take all the credit. For those that don't know, Kev puts in not just for Triple Play Fantasy, but for all their stuff, too. He really puts in so much work and is a grinder, pushes me. So I'd like to think that uh, we both kind of are at the top Triple Play Fantasy pushing out a bunch of content together.
0: Yeah, I'll take credit. I do pretty. I do a lot. But no, seriously, you know, David uh, jumped in for us tonight and we are going to be just rolling with this. So uh, Jacob should be back next week and we we're hoping to he'll be there. But until then, you know, on today's show, we're going to be covering our top five running backs heading into the 2021 season. We are also going to be telling us running backs that we don't want to be drafting based on ADP or just in general. Like, hey, we're going to avoid those guys. And then we'll be answering listener and redraft dynasty questions. So let's go. Here
1: we go! Here we go!
0: All right, now before we get started into the the top five running backs and all of that news, like we always try to do a news segment, what's going on in the news, everything. But for everybody out there that's listening, you might not know what the Scott Fishbowl is. The Scott Fishbowl is a massive tournament, and it, it's had the, some of the top minds in the country. I think there's two thousand people in this one. I think that's what they said last time.
1: I think it's like nineteen hundred. Yeah, it's like okay. nearly two thousand.
0: Yeah. So it's around 2000 people, uh, Matthew Barry, all the way down are, are in it and me and David are in it as well as Jacob. And so we definitely wanted to touch base kind of how our drafts are going. Mine is going super slow. Uh, it, I am struggling right now cause I am having, I'm going on vacation this week and I really want to get some d- rounds done, but I'm going to be, I'm going to be drafted at sea and my wife's going to stab me. Uh, but where <laughs> David, how is your draft going for Scott fishbowl?
1: It's interesting. Um, I will say this. I did a lot of mocks, but as always, you can mock as much as you want, but it never goes how you think it's gonna go, right? Um, I did a lot of mocks where I would went two quarterbacks early, but in the real one, they went so fast and a lot more than I thought that even like the Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady's the guys who I were kind of looking to take, Ryan Tannehill, those type of guys I was looking to get as my QB two all got taken. And so there was no quarterback in my mind that was worth. With my second round pick, I didn't want to take like a Derek Carr. I didn't want to take Trey Lance or Justin Fields or any of those guys that early, anything like that. Uh, so I decided to go uh, Kyle Pitts with the second round pick. Took him because of the tight end premium it provides. And he's the big three, we're already off the board. So I went bold with Kyle Pitts, took Mahomes at the 1.01. And then I'm six rounds in. And so I kind of, ever since then, bounced it out. I took Swift and Gaskin as my running backs, and I have Diggs and Robinson. As my wide receivers so far, so one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, two tight ends. Uh, I'm pretty happy with it so far. Running backs went like crazy at one point when I was trying to stack better running backs or running backs that I believe a little bit more in than Swift. I know you're a Swift guy. I I wanted uh, Ceh really bad, and he didn't. He made it to the pick right before me and got taken. So I was very pissed about that. Uh, But overall, I'd I'd say I'd give myself a solid B plus. I definitely think I need to do some more roster construction stuff. But uh, what about you, man? How about how's, uh how's your draft been going?
0: Let me tell you right now, you're gonna be glad CH went before you because that would have been a wasted pick and I really <laughs> want I really wanna see you succeed in this Scott Fishbowl and so that would that's a good thing. Uh, you know, my, mine's going okay. I had the 11th pick. I really wanted Waller and he went to 110, so I was very tilted. Uh, I ended up taking Herbert and Jonathan Taylor with my first two picks, and then I uh, on the on the th- third round reversal. So those of you out there that are listening. There's a third round reversal in this. that's a little different. I, I took Burrow because uh, I was a little worried about my quarterback situation. Quarterbacks are kind of flying off the board, and I felt like there's a big teardrop. So I took Burrow, and I, I just drafted Keenan Allen. So I have a Keenan Allen stack with Herbert, uh, and then I'm just waiting. But it's super fun tournament. If you're listening and you're not involved, you can you can you sign up the Scott Fishbowl and get in. And, and if you get an invite. If not, it's all for charity, uh, all the donations. I think they raised almost $30,000 this year for kids' uh, toys for Christmas time. So absolute fun, unless you have a couple slow drafters like I do that are killing me. Uh, but let's move on to the next piece of news. And I, I always put this in because I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. So any news out there is good news for the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys are on hard knocks. Now, I want to kind of relate this to kind of fantasy purposes. I think for Dynasty, this sucks because – Prices and ADP, except even redraft, I think are going to go up for these guys because that's kind of what we see. And you're people are going to be watching Hard Knocks. You're going to have CeeDee Lamb killing it. So uh, do you think that ADP is going to go up
1: at all? I do. Uh, I think we're very reactive as fantasy yeah. analysts. We see someone that looks different in a workout. We hear things from reporters. There's going to be so much hype, I think, especially around Zeke. I think people are going to be like he looks better than he has in three years. He looks faster. The, like all, I think all their ADPs are going to go up. And I do think in dynasty, if you have someone like Zeke, it's going to be the time to sell when his uh-huh. when he's going to get bumped and have that much more volume or uh, hype than I think he would during the season. And he's obviously still going to have another one or two more solid years, I expect. But I don't think he's going to be any more valuable than he will be after hard knocks air. So that's my advice on that
0: you're gonna sell my guy zeke now he's gonna look great like he's gonna look awesome in his half cutoff shirt and he's gonna look like he's in shape he's gonna crush it i know zeke's gonna crush it i'm all about zeke i think cd is gonna be the one that pops up a lot Mm -hmm. and especially i think redraft people are gonna be oh my god he can be wide receiver one which he will be all you amari pooper fans out there so you have cd lamb you're gonna allow him as a cowboys fan i'm 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 haunted by this cause it's going to be awful. And uh, we're going to get shit on by everybody out there. And it Jerry Jones I'm going to see his plastic surgery face everywhere during the episode. Cause he cannot miss a camera. Like I, I really wish we could have just went under the radar and not had to worry about the hard knocks. But of course they picked the Cowboys cause it's America's team and everybody wants to see them.
1: Can we, um can we watch that together? Like sh- when we, it's on like Streamyard together and have it on our TV so we can yeah. dock it during it. I think that'd be pretty fun.
0: I think everybody out there listening, I am going to do a live reaction show for the Triple Play Fantasy YouTube <laughs> Network. So I am going to be, after the show, I'm popping on with some either Cowboy fans or this guy, or whoever, or listeners you want to pop on, you let me know. We will be doing a reaction show for each episode um, on the channel. But let's, let's get into uh, running backs. Let's see how we do here. So we're going to be looking at redraft first and uh, basically going through kind of uh, David's top 5 We'll help him a little bit because I know he's a little shaky on his <laughs> rankings. And then I'll, we'll go to Dynasty for me. So let's go to redraft. all right David we're gonna go through the top five 2021 running backs for redraft why don't you give us kind of like your your first one we'll kind of go through it and just go from there and talk it out
1: all right so my number one is a guy that nobody's talking about I mean he's completely going under the radar and I don't think anybody uh knows about him too much that's Christian McCaffrey this guy that uh just eats touches like they were uh What's your favorite food? Like pizza? Eat some, just eat some all wow. up.
0: There. Was that a fat joke? I, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't appreciate that. For, like, if for, I asked you that, it'd be cauliflower or something. But it, for me, it's pizza. They
1: have, that's why they have the cauliflower crust, Kev. I, I got to get you hip another time. But. That's
0: disgusting. That's a Maryland <laughs> thing that I don't understand about. Uh, no, my, my favorite food is ribs. So, yes, I'm What? Fat. Yes, my, my favorite is, yeah, ribs.
1: They're Barbecue. Good, ribs. But they should be nobody's favorite food.
0: Well, you're just like, not cooking them right.
1: Sorry. I mean, All
0: right. Okay, Let me hear your CMC take. Yeah, here we go.
1: I mean, Christian McCaffrey is good. Uh, I, I think everybody <laughs> in the world knows that. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey, I mean, he know he's pretty much like a player and a half because the amount of catches he gets, the amount of carries he gets, there's no competition for goal line work. Again, this is a guy that's going to be one of probably two or three running backs that's going to get 100 targets in the passing game. So you have that, and obviously – he's the number one two and three in the backfield again i don't think anybody is questioning if christian mccaffrey is healthy he's the number one running back in redraft uh, and probably number one running back in dynasty till i i, I would I, I before we i know we'll get to your rankings too but
0: um <laughs> yeah
1: i mean i just saw the comments so but yeah no I, I think christian mccaffrey number one i think that's not a Ribs are good. Ribs are good. Don't get me wrong, but they're not, they should be nobody's 1.01. Um, number two, number two is I have his Dalvin Cook. And okay. I do know that obviously Dalvin Cook is another year older. I believe he's 26 years old. Uh, but that means he should still have another, you know, two to three more good years left. I think of being an elite back. He's also somebody that excels in the passing game. He, again, someone else that you know is going to have a high amount of targets on a team that, frankly, Kirk Cousins loves to have do play action. And what do you need to do in play action? You got to make sure that you run the ball enough to make sure it's a threat and they excel at that. So you have Dalvin Cook, who's going to obviously also, I mean, Alexander Madison's behind him but he's not somebody, I think Alexander Madison's most overhyped backup. He's never really truly delivered as a great backup Tim. So Dalvin cook, as long as he's healthy is going to be one of the top two guys in the league in touches number three. Oh, I,
0: hold hold I, wanna, I, I yeah. do want to give you props. Cause I never give you props enough. I, I agree <laughs> with Madison. Like, he is the most overrated backup running back we've seen in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And when he had the opportunity, when Cook gets hurt, he never produces. Like, he never produces. So, that is actually the smartest thing I've ever heard you say, Mindy. Like, I will be honest. Like, we've known each other for a long time, and now, like, yeah. I, I, don't, I wouldn't even waste a draft pick on him. Like, he's not a handcuff that I would want. To. If you're drafting Dalvin Cook and redraft, I don't even think I'd want him as my handcuff, because you could probably get different handcuffs that can produce better for you if their running backs go down. And I know Cook goes down, and I know he's kind of had that with the extended Season, but I still don't want him as a re, as a handcuff, right? Like I'm not wasting a pick on that in redraft. I just wait to see maybe pick him up off all the waivers.
1: Do you do you think Amir Abdullah could eventually take over, especially if they try to make Madison a thing, and then Abdul Abdul could slide in? Because right now he's third according to the ESPN depth chart at running backs, and then their fourth string is a guy I've never even seen, Kene Nawakapi. Hey,
0: listen. Kane is legit from Iowa State. Like he doesn't, he didn't get a lot of playing. Like you're talking to Debbie guy now. Like Kane can play. Like he, he he was (laughs) sitting behind. Kane was sitting behind Brees Hall, and Brees Hall obviously is going to be running back one in 2022. More than likely, I can actually play a little bit. Like, if you're in a dynasty league, that is a kid to go after. Like, I really like him. And he's a good kid to look at for waiver wire. Like, hey, can you kind of grab him later? Like, a or I'm not, Amir Duel is not, I don't think. I think, I actually think Kane can actually step up and be the third running back in that depth chart, especially after like, um, you know, camps open up and everything. Like, that's a kid that he's got a profile, he's got everything there. He just, he just didn't get the opportunity.
1: So if I take him as, my last pick in the draft when everybody goes and jumps and takes Madison and I take <laughs> him with my last pick and he doesn't do a single thing. I know who to go to. For- yep. You can
0: blame <laughs> me. I didn't say draft him. I said waiver wire pickup and uh-huh, dynasty I for sure. But redraft, he's someone to keep an eye on. I mean, everybody's looking for the next James Robinson. It's not right. going to be a guy like that, but it, it could be a guy that steps in for, for cook when he's hurt. But I, sorry, I'll let you go to your number three.
1: No, that's fine. So uh again, those two, I think are firm in most yeah. people's rankings. Uh, my number three is Derrick Henry for redraft. And again, Derrick Henry was number one in PPR, uh la- number three in standard number, or num- number one in standard number three in PPR last year. Um, obviously, he does not get the catches that some of these other guys do. And it's tempting to put Kamara there, but Kamara is undergoing a quarterback change and he relies a lot in the passing game. And if he doesn't have a quarterback that gives him the ball through the air, like Drew Brees has the last few years, uh, I'm worried about him staying in the top three. Derrick Henry has shown you year after year for the last few years. He's consistent. He is the 1A, 2, and 3 in that backfield. And he's going to get. they're going to try to lean on him when they get in close. He's going to have those monster games that alone just elevate him a lot higher past other guys. Uh, I think he's going, to, again, redraft-wise, I would be shocked if he falls outside the top three. I have him ranked as my number three back. Um, okay.
0: Uh, so I like Derek Henry. I think those are your top three in redraft. Like I'm not, no argument there. I do want you to tell me about if you think this is what I should have done here. I picked, uh, I picked Kamara. I mean, excuse me, I picked Jonathan Taylor over Kamara and and Scott fishbowl. So that's how I rank them. Am I crazy for doing that?
1: No, it's hard. I'm not gonna say you're crazy for doing that, even though I like to call you crazy when I can, (laughs) Uh, but it's, it's hard because Jonathan Taylor, Again, is gonna dominate the, the ball on the ground, but Naheem Hines was the number fifteen PPR back last year. So he's yeah. not going anywhere. He's he's gonna stay heavily involved in the passing game. And that's what scares me a little bit as far as Jonathan Taylor's value, because as long as Naheem Hines is there, he's not gonna get the ball in the air as much. And in PPR formats, we like that from running back. So that's that's the only reason I'm a little hesitant about it. But again, Camaro has relied so much on volume through the air in the past through three through, through year, few years, whatever I can't speak. But uh, with the QB change and, you know, a whole entire new looking offense that I'm more, especially with like Taysom Hill at the helm, if if he starts that, that does really scare me. Um, so yeah. I would probably still, just for the fact that it's Camara, and I think that they're going to make sure they get him the ball in the air, even if it's not to the Drew Brees level, I would still put uh, in PPR Camara and then Taylor, but I'm not going to go say it's weird to have it reversed.
0: Okay. nah. Look at that. Uh, now I'm kind of nervous you agreed with me because we never do that, but I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it there. So we have CMC, you had Cook, you had Henry, and then um, Kamara fourth.
1: Yeah, I have Kamara fourth, and then I have Jonathan Taylor fifth.
0: Oh, ah, so, so Taylor jumped in there. I think there's a bit. There, do you feel like there's a tear break after, after Henry though, or do you have Kamara yes, still on that I, top I, tier?
1: I do have, actually, I have it as one and two. I'm sorry, yeah, one, two, three tier break and then, okay. uh, I actually have Nick Chubb in the, as number six in that same tier with Kamara Taylor and then Chubb and then another tier.
0: Oh, okay. All right. So, yeah. So that was our next question we were going to go through is like anyone that we think could sneak into that top five. I love the Chubb call. I think that he's definitely in there, but he kind of has the same limitations for receiving work too, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's going to be a big problem. Uh, he, but again, he's shown how efficient he is. And if one thing happens to Kareem hunt, then he's, you know, probably a top three or four back if he's the sole guy in that backfield. So uh, I do bank again, the, the PPR aspect definitely hurts him, but, uh, I do think he's a guy that at the end of every year you see him. He's he, I think he's the best runner of the football in the NFL. I do think if you're looking strictly at their tape and looking at them run, he's the best running back. And he mm-hmm. does every single year. He's very efficient. He reads holes very well. And he's on a very good offense at the end of the day, which is also super important for fantasy value. How good is their offense and are they going to score points? And yeah. he's in one of those dynamic offenses. So I think that'll definitely help boost him up as well.
0: All right. All right. Now I have a hard hitting question for you because I'd like to throw these out. Who do you think finishes higher than Cam Akers, Antonio Gibson, CEH or DeAndre Swift? Who would you pick out of that group? Kevin. Okay, actually, no, let's leave let's leave CH out. Cam <laughs> Akers, Antonio Gibson, or DeAndre Swift. Who are you taking from those three?
1: I have Cam Akers highest of that group. And then okay. I have DeAndre Swift, and then I have Antonio Gibson. If I'm I'm not gonna probably get any Antonio Gibson this year, and that's okay. So uh, I have him ranked 16, and I know people have him like in their firmly in their top 10, and that's fine. 16. He's 16 on, on my rankings. Uh, I okay. I think the turf toe is something he didn't get surgery on. I think that will linger a little bit more than people realize. He's also never obviously being converted from wide receiver to running back. He people he got obviously got a lot of breaks last year because he had the injury. He also got taken out a lot of passing downs. I don't know if you're not used to getting hit that much. I, I am questioning some of his durability factor as well. I'm also questioning, again, the kissing man. JD McKissick is still there <laughs> to eat up some targets through the air. And Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to throw the ball more than Alex Smith did last year. So I think that's also going to hurt him a little bit. I he probably will get some targets in the passing game, but he's, he's probably the guy that I think most people are in love with that I'm not to that level this year.
0: No, I mean, to be fair, I think he's he's going to be a running back, too, in that level. like, And he probably is a lower-tier running back, too. Like, I, I agree in that part because Fitzpatrick pushes the ball down more, and I think that's why McKissie's going to – I think his ADP is too high, too, because I think they're thinking he's going to get the targets that he saw, but Alex Smith couldn't throw the ball, and it, he was so limited with his injuries. Uh, I, I, I do agree to an extent there. I like Cam. I think Cam – I, I'm not worried about Daryl Henderson as much. I think he's going to be a little bit touchdown dependent with Daryl, uh, but Cam is going to be there. I still think Swift finishes ahead of all those guys, and I'm going to die on the Swift train, but that's just me. That's not, that's the hill I'm dying on. Uh now, you have a bet, we, right? What? We, have we do bet. have a bet. Yes, yes. Did so you tell, have, a, have you
1: told your listeners our bet?
0: We have not. Uh, I don't really – what are we betting again? Uh, who finishes higher between CEH and Swift, right?
1: Yep, and the loser has to change their profile picture for what the winner chooses for two weeks. Yes.
0: Yes, that is our bet out there for everybody out there. Who finishes higher between Swift and and CH, PPR, and we have to change our profile picture. So if you'd like to see what that looks like, what Mindy will look like at the end of the season, (laughs) make sure you follow him at DMindy02. Uh, all right now there's a clear tier like breaks between these guys so last question in terms of redraft uh, where where are you taking Josh Jacobs like are you out on Josh Jacobs or are you still think his ADP is pretty good cuz right now I think he's getting ranked like in the in the 20s maybe 18 19
1: Dude it was so hard I actually in the Scott Fishbowl I had the 5 6 turn I took Gaskin and then I was Jacobs was still there and I was tempted to, I was like, do I go get Jacobs or do I take a wide receiver? And I took Allen Robinson just because I'm that much out on Josh Jacobs, as far as he doesn't get as much through the air as we'd like. And he's splitting with Kenyon Drake, who may not get as many carries as, as a 50, 50 split, but I, I'm just, I have right now I have Josh Jacobs ranked way at, I have him at 17 right now. I, I might even bump him a little lower than that. Honestly, when I like readjust my rankings, but, um, uh, he he's he's a, a myth like if yeah. I can describe he's a myth like there's nothing exciting about him and I think the John Gruden likes to throw the ball too like he's a, a passing guy like he wants to put the ball in Derek Carr's hands as much as he can and he wants to utilize Darren Waller and they just drafted Henry Ruggs last year the first wide receiver off the board so I'm a little worried as far as his volume is concerned of taking him as you know, higher than a you know a back end RB two, but again, I don't think anybody's leaving their draft unless you get Josh Jacobs as like your RB three. I don't think anybody's excited about that, and and I'm treating him as such. I'm I'm unless he slips a ton, I'm not going to get him.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I still think he's a. He, I think he can be a running back too, though. Like let's say he do draft him as your running back three, that's pretty good value because I think he could finish there. I'm not on the Kenyon Drake train. Like I don't think mm-hmm. he's any like i'm out i've been out on him for two years i thought it was funny people were trading him. there's a pretty big website in person that traded for a first a couple of years ago I'm touting about it but we won't go there <laughs> uh but no i would I, I would stay away from that news to, unless his adp falls pretty low uh now we're gonna go to about my dynasty running backs and like anything like we, what we tell everybody Minnie's gonna jump in and say why i'm wrong why i'm right i do have some I have some hot takes for this. So I'm an ageist. I want everybody to know out there, like I, I like my young running backs and I like two to three year windows. So when I'm looking at dynasty assets, I want to see them over that value. So that's what I'm going here for my top five dynasty running backs, but my number one running back is CMC. So I'm not getting crazy. Uh, he is the number one, just because of, you know, two years ago, his numbers were astronomical, 400 something fantasy points per game. I mean, he's single handedly. If you had CMC, Unless you were a shitty manager, you should have won a championship. Like there is really no no way else you should have not won without CMC on that roster. Unless for some reason you just you just don't know how to set your lineup. Uh, he was that. He was just he was a Chico, just like Kelsey has been his whole career. Uh, now my number two. And I want to see what you think here. I put Jonathan Taylor as my number two uh, dynasty asset. Right now, his ADP is about running back two in dynasty, uh, running back two or three. So it's not as hot takey as I think some will say. I do think that the Naheem Hines, this is why I waited to tell you you were wrong a little bit, was (laughs) that I do think that the Naheem Hines, like he finished as running back 15, yes, in PPR, but that was also when the first like eight weeks of the season, they didn't really feed Taylor and they didn't use him in a lot of different a lot of different sets. They didn't use them in a lot of different ways. They didn't really see his usage bump up. And then as soon as Taylor started getting his usage bumped up, you did see Naheem Hines even towards the end of the year when they were both healthy. I think the production went down a little bit. So like I still think Hines could be a very solid like running back three option. But I think Taylor's talent, and he's just too talented. Like I I still think of him as an asset that you want to own. And for me, for Dynasty purposes, like if he's your running back too, which I think he is, your value is too high. You can trade him. You can use that piece. That's why I have him as my running back too. Is that too high for you?
1: No, I'm actually okay with it. I'm kind of interested. I I guess I'll bring this up when we're done. Uh, I don't have a problem with him being there. Obviously, he's incredibly young, and he's on a good offense, and he's going to be... Uh, a good running back, hopefully at least for the next, you know, you'd think four or five years. And I know you're an ageist as you've always brought up. So just for the fact that he's going into his second year uh, with the upside that he has there, I can't fault you for that. I am curious that you're number three with Saquon Barkley with the injuries we've seen, I guess I'm leading up to here. How come you have Saquon Barkley number three and Dalvin Cook not on your list?
0: Well, Barkley's better. Uh, and he's because, okay. So for me, for everybody out there that, that's listened to the podcast, you guys know, but when I'm looking at dynasty assets and values, I'm a one contract guy. So I'm selling them at that one contract for me. Like that's why Taylor's higher for me. Cause I, it's, you said four years, no way I'm, I'm keeping it for two more years. Like this year, next okay. year, and then he's gone. I'm out, I'm out selling get the hell off my dynasty team. I don't want you to be on get there. off my lawn. Yeah, yeah, old school. Now, Barkley, he still has that year until his second contract. So, I think for me perceived value wise, so like I said Barkley's my number 3 perceived value wise when I'm looking at it. If he has a good year this year and he goes back to the Barkley as old, then you get a stud running back at that spot behind these guys. He's going like in the second round of dynasty startups. I can grab him. Now he's a running back one again but i'm trading him after this year. I won't keep him. Like i'm out. I'm going to trade him for either younger piece, whatever i can to kind of adapt it. So to me it's all about stocks. That's all i really look at it. So for me my value rankings is here. Like i don't necessarily i think Dalvin is a very good redraft guy. And if you're kind of going for hey, but in startups i will never draft Dalvin Cook. I will never do it. Like i just can't because after this year what is he? He's an aging asset that you're really not going to get off. Like Nick Chubb to me is that same asset. Like I love Chubb, but this is the last year. If you're a contender, you should have Chubb on your roster. But if he's, we're talking about that second contract coming after this year, it's a decline Decaying asset so for me it's like okay How can I move these guys in chips but That's why I do believe in Barkley though I think he's an improved offense I think you're going to see His usage rate goes up I think I do think They're not going to use him as much in the first few games And that's a good chance to buy because I think that the Market will dip a little bit but if he comes back Healthy and he's a super freak have you seen him Like he is he makes you look A small man like he is a massive <laughs> thigh. I mean he's going to come back He's going to bounce back I do think that you Are going to see and and the, the stat I always bring Up is he was 13 points away from cmc When healthy, that year that CMC put all those numbers up, if you take all their numbers from when they were healthy, he was 13 points away from him being the running back one. So he has the talent. He has a better – I think the quarterback situation is going to be better. Offensive line is a little shaky, but I think, you know, with with what they're bringing in, with the develop there, I think it will be all right. Jason Garrett leans on his running backs. We've looked at that with Zeke. I I wrote a big old piece on Barkley before last season, and it showed that Jason Garrett had a running back one almost every single year that he's been in Dallas, even without Zeke. So I, I think I buy in all that. So I understand not having Cook will hurt your feelings, but that's how I look at it. Can you, can, you, can you give me a yes or no on that?
1: My question to you is, how do you deal with the fact that Barkley has been a totally different player from Eli Manning to Daniel Jones? He's like not nearly as involved in the passing game with Daniel Jones, and a lot of those great numbers he had when Eli Manning was quarterback. So I'm just very curious if that concerns you at all, that Daniel Jones doesn't look to get his running backs involved quite as much in the passing game as Eli did. So is that that concern you long term for him?
0: No, not really. I mean to me, I think Daniel Jones, well if we look at what 2019, the last when he came back, I think that's what kind of you're mentioning, you know, when you saw, I mean in 2019 in week 15 and 16 in the championship weeks, he had 30 and 43 fantasy points. So you did see that, you saw his targets go up to 4 or 5. So I don't mind that, and I'm actually not a I'm not a down on uh, Daniel Jones as much. I know last season, last season against Pittsburgh before he got hurt, he had nine targets in the receiving game. So they did look to kind of get him the ball. But I think with Galladay there and stuff, I think those will go down a little bit. But no, I think he's just one of those supreme athletes. Like to me, Barkley is supreme athlete. I'm going to draft him knowing that hey, I think his value is going to increase, and the injury doesn't worry me because I'm not going to hold Barkley after this year. So that's kind of where, if you think you're going to hold them for two years, then that's where it's a depreciating asset.
1: And also, I guess to clear up, you're a uh, years in the league type of guy instead of age guy. So you're not like, oh, when they're 26, I'm ditching mm-hmm. them. It's more of like, you've been in the league three years. I don't care if you're 24, I'm ditching you.
0: Yeah. Any, before first contract, uh, running backs, I will die on this hill. I am trading. And even if, like, so look at Henry. I would have traded Henry before his season would have happened last year, but I still think I would have got premium value for him. Like you can't really get premium value anymore for Henry. Cause everybody knows he's an aging asset. He went though, like the fourth round of a startup I did. Like you can't do it now. Right. Like, so for that's how I am. I'm just, I don't look at ages as like, Oh yeah, he's 26. I'm going to get rid of him. Like I actually look at like, okay, where's the value at based on how many years they played. And there is something to say, even for like wide receivers, like this might actually be a good time to sell Justin Jefferson. Like I wrote a, like a mini piece on that like this could be the opportunity to sell Justin Jefferson for a boatload right now cuz of how the wide receiver talent's been then get him back in 3 or 4 years when he's old and have 2 years of production at 27 28 and that's kind of how you should do it.
1: Also the fact is look at Justin Jefferson can his value get even higher? I don't think it can. I think this yeah. is I think it's literally at his peak right now. So like if if you're looking at someone and you're like literally they can't get higher that I feel like that's got to be the best time to sell somebody. Even if you think long-term, they are going to be, you know, a, a, a Tyree or DK Met or Tyree killer, you know, a, one of those guys a Devonta Adams, somebody who's going to be a top three wide receiver. There's yeah. a chance that there's not, that he's not. And yeah. if he doesn't, you'd kick yourself being like, man, if I sold Justin Jefferson after his first year and when he was uh, regarded as a top, you know, four or five dynasty asset. And now he's like, uh you know i'm now like a second or third round pick like it's it's Mm -hmm. totally you know a whole different thing so i I don't disagree with that
0: so like for example if we go back to the running backs for selling high chubb was a guy i wrote a little mini piece for um someone sold chubb in a second for aj brown in dynasty that's okay to me because you're getting an asset like aj brown and if you didn't need chubb like chubb's at his peak now right like chubb is there chubb straight up for cd lamb Like I understand both perspectives, but if you're going to build through that, like that's how you get a dynasty asset, like lamb or Brown for Chubb, who is a declining asset. That's what I'd be looking for, for my, my running backs. And then I'm just going to draft a running back in the first round because running backs always drop in super flex leagues. Like I got Javante Williams at the one ten in a super flex league. So that's kind of my perspective there. Uh, Now uh, my fourth dynasty running back is going to make David especially mad, but mine is swift because I'm a swift guy. I mean, everybody knows that. So, you know, DeAndre Swift's my my running back four. Um, I know that's pretty high for some. I, I think I saw someone having like an eight or nine, kind of where, the, where they're at there. Um, but I still think Swift's going to get 65 to 70 targets. I think he's going to have 1,200 yards rushing and like six or seven touchdowns.
1: Are you just going to right. Are you hoping you speak it into existence? So it happens. Cause uh,
0: I think it's going to be, I think, I think that he, he's going to be that good now. we'll we'll see. Uh, but the nice thing is about him is that you can get him in like the, in redraft, you can get him like four or fifth round, which is ridiculous and super flex and one quarterback, probably about third round. Uh, but and I still think that's kind of crazy uh, to me in there. Now in dynasty, I got him in the third round of a recent draft. So that's not bad for if you think he can be your running back one. I think he's a bell cow anchor running back, but I know you have your different opinions there. So we'll move on from him because we've already kind of mentioned him. Now I have acres at my number five. So I do know that I'm going young here. I know that, you know, Kamara's not there. Chubb, Henry, those type of guys aren't on there and neither is Dalvin cook. Uh, but they're they're to me in that next tier of guys, which are, basically running back ones, but they're past that contract that I would like to draft at. So for dynasty purposes, that's where I have. I'm a big believer in Akers. I think Akers is going to crush it this year. I think with McVay's offense, with what he does to Gurley, I think he's going to get a 70-30, 75-25 kind of target share, it's just the volume between him and Henderson. Um, if he can score eight touchdowns this year, which look out. I think he's going to get the targets there. Uh, I, I love everything about Cam Akers, and I love that Matthew Stafford is there and not Jared Goff.
1: Is the reason that his competition, why you have him over second-year guys like Ceh, Antonio Gibson, and J.K. Dobbins, is it just that that fact that there's not as much for him to compete with, or is it do you yeah. think he's a better player? <laughs>
0: no i love jk dobbins i love him to death he's my guy uh but that that situation with uh it's probably gonna be 60 40 with gus edwards i think that with lamar with Rashad bateman there i think you're gonna see less targets i think bateman's gonna actually do pretty well this season so for me jk dobbins is a superior talent but in a, in a shitty situation which is weird to say that he's in baltimore shitty situation but he is like i just don't think he's gonna get the volume needed uh gibson that foot worries me like you mentioned mm-hmm. i think they have better weapons and i do think they're going to push the ball downfield more uh, but i do like gibson there and you know i don't i'm not touching ch I, I, i'm not touching ch
1: more for me that's fine more for yeah, me
0: that's fine uh now i think i do like i put gibson and dobbins in that could sneak into the top five for dynasty purposes just because if they do have a good year because of their age and where they're at relative i think they could go in there uh and again but everybody else like when you're looking at dynasty perspectives like Mixon should be a I would. I have Mixon in a few leagues. You can't trade him yet, but to me, you got to get rid of him if you can as soon as you can because that's just a depreciating asset, too. And he's a, and he got his contract. Uh, you know, when you're going through here, I, I'd be interested to see what you think of Najee Harris. I know that some people have him ranked higher than J.K. Dobbins and, and Antonio Gibson. Are you, are you that crazy or no?
1: No. simply (laughs) no way
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay because i mean he's been going pretty high he went in like the middle of in the scott fishbowl he went in like the second like the 205 i think or the 204 so yeah they're drafting him high in my league Uh, Najee harris is there i have some questions about that we talked about that last episode just the offensive line they're they're losing a lot big ben doesn't really give give it to me there so i'm staying away (laughs) from Najee.
1: He is going to get a lot of the touches though, in that backfield. Like I, they do like to ride their running backs there. So I do think the volume aspect is intriguing. I, I, I was trying to take him in the third round and he got taken at the end of the third round in my draft. Um, I don't know if I'm comfortable taking him in the second. Uh, but he is somebody that's very intriguing and he's a three down back, which is, there are very few of those in today's day and age with the committees. So the fact that he's with a, a team that likes to commit to one back and he's a, uh, very good three down running back as he showed in college that part does intrigue me some where i do think uh, that you won't be unhappy drafting him even with that line i do think you know they did you know not to go too much on a tangent but david DeCastro left and everybody was freaking out but he actually was rated as one of the worst guards on pff about in trey turner who should be an upgrade there i do think that the you know the volume and the fact that the line i don't think will be worse i think it will probably just be maybe a little bit below average but he'll make it look better I do think that he's not a bad asset to add, just not in the second round.
0: Yeah, no. No, I I mean, he'll be okay. But, I mean, if I'm smashing anybody in Dynasty, I'll wait to get Javante. And I'll just take Javante in, like, the fifth or sixth where he's going. Because that could be a running back one, too. I mean, I know Melvin's going to be there. But Melvin's not going to be there next year. So I'll take him as a running back two at three-ish. Probably running back three in your Dynasty leagues. You can get a stud like Swift a running back one, and then you can get like CD or McLaren or any of those type of guys in that in that three, four, five range or maybe a tight end if it's premium, um, and I'll go from there. But we do want to shift gears a little bit, and we are going to be talking <laughs> about running backs that we're staying away from. So I don't know if he has any, but let's talk about it. David, are there any running backs like in redraft or any other areas that you're just going to stay away from, either based on ADP, talent, situation, anything like that?
1: Yeah. Um, Miles Sanders, I have I'm probably not getting any Miles Sanders shares this year. I just, there's so many bodies in that backfield. There's the Boston Scots, the Jordan Howard is there for those that don't realize yeah. he's going to, if he makes the team, I'm sure he's going to vulture touchdowns. They just drafted Kenneth Gainwell, who was my third rated running back coming in to the league this year. And I don't love that landing spot for him, but he's going to probably take some balls through the air because he was regarded as probably the best passing catching back in the draft. And, Uh, there's just so many guys there that if he doesn't perform the way we expect that, I think that they'll start working more guys in and uh, he hasn't shown whether it's been health or just ability that he hasn't been somebody that's been worth where he's going. Uh, I have him right now. I have him ranked down as RB 21 and I know I'm not getting him at any point there. Somebody who I've actually recently started fading a little bit more. And I know this might be shocking is Mike Davis and I, everybody's like, look, he's, he's going to be the sole guy in Atlanta. He's going to be, you know, somebody you can get if you go zero RB, which most people don't seem to go, but if you do, you can get him. But he really tailed off at the end of last season, like in a really bad way. And that was his first time actually being the starter, getting the full workload. And do I doubt that maybe the first month of the season, he's going to be somebody that's going to help you. He probably will. But I do think he's going to break down, and I think he's going to be really inefficient for two-thirds of the season. And I think that's somebody that, again, I'm not looking to take at that point, knowing that, hey, you're only going to help me out for three or four weeks, and then after that, you're pretty much just going to be somebody that's – I'm plugging into my lineup, and I'm just looking at that spot every day, wishing I had an upgrade over you. So that's (laughs) – I've I've been recently just been out on him. I just don't like the outlook for him, and even in redraft. That what he'll give you this season. I think he's going to be somebody that you're going to regret having after the first month.
0: Man, you just reminded me of my ex girlfriend right there, David. She looked at me <laughs> like, man, I need an upgrade over that thing. Like, what is going on over here? Uh, but you no, up, but you I, upgraded now, see? You, up, you I upgraded. did. I did. Uh, ten year. Our ten year anniversary is coming. Uh, so you're, you know, we, she's
1: she's your Quadre Allison.
0: Yeah, I'm going I'm gonna, to I'm gonna tell my wife that. Yeah, I'm going to tell my wife Ms. that. Ms.
1: Quandre Allison, I think, could be better than Mike Davis.
0: <laughs> well, I'm going to go after Javion Hawkins, but that's because I'm an ageist. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, dynasty perspectives for me, I'll, I'll keep it quick. You know, for me... Kamara is just someone I'm staying away from, dynasty purposes. I, I do think that if you want to win now, he's a good guy to go after because I think that based on his ADP where he's going, it's not bad to grab him. Uh, but I just, I'm so worried about Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill and that whole situation where that's just a declining asset ready to happen. Uh, so if I'm winning now and going for it, yeah, Kamara is a smash play. But in dynasty purposes, it's just all I, it just screams, declining an asset. And would we stop, please, drafting Leonard Fournette? Stop it. Like it, Rojo is the guy. I'm a Rojo. I'm going to say it. Rojo is going after him in some dynasty leagues. That is insane to me. Like Leonard Fournette is just, he's a plug and play. He'll have some games where he does that. But Rojo is a superior talent. Like Rojo is the better running back. He's been the better running back since USC. Uh, like he can play and I'm going after Rojo in a lot of my leagues is like a running back three-ish, running back four. Like you can grab him at that price. You might as well, like stop drafting Leonard Fournette. I wouldn't even draft Leonard Fournette and redraft. Would you?
1: Uh, No, I mean, unless he's like, he slips like, five rounds after his ADP. Uh, no, he won't be on my team.
0: Yeah. I, I, I don't understand the Leonard Fournette love. I am, I am, I am, it boggles my mind sometimes when I see who gets drafted around, around him. And I, like I said, Rojo has been going after Leonard Fournette. And I think that's just a mistake, especially dynasty. Like Fournette is a, just a plug-in guy now, like Rojo could give you some serious return on your investment. And that's kind of what I was looking at for, for that um and and that's kind of where i'm going there now what we are going to do like we always do we're going to do some redraft dynasty segment questions to kind of wrap everything up and we appreciate david spending some time with us tonight hopefully he's doing well out there let him know if he's not uh now we're gonna first we are going to dynasty uh segment questions here and then we're gonna have jacob go redraft or not jacob dan i said jacob look at that wow wow used to it david david um now and we'll have David help with the dynasty questions too, because he does play I, dynasty. I
1: can read them to you too, Kevin. I can uh, I can set you right. up for you to go and hit off the tee.
0: All right, all right. Hold on, hold on. Let's let's get this. <laughs> all right, go ahead. Give me your dynasty questions that we got from some listeners.
1: All right, question, uh, <laughs> Kevin. Question <laughs> one in our mailbag for dynasty: Who do you like better in dynasty between Trey Lance or Justin Fields?
0: Yeah, this was a tough one for me to decide because I like them both, uh, and I. but I can't go against my, my my guy, Trey Lance. He was my QB, too, coming out uh, uh, of college. I, I do think I like his situation. I trust the Niners' situation a little bit more. The one thing I will say is like a lot of people are scared right now because they said, I think, what, the 40, there were some beat reporters that the 49ers trying to get 500 carries this year, so I know people are worried about that rushing volume, especially in the 49ers, but... I I like you guys to know that when Trey Lance starts, which should be week one, you know, who's going to also be reusing those carries. It's going to be Trey Lance. And we're looking at Konami co quarterbacks and stuff that fits Lance to a T they're going to use him and utilize him so many ways. Jimmy G is going to be holding that clipboard, just watching brilliance out there on that field. So I'm going to go off Trey Lance for that, but it's very close. I like Justin Fields as well, but I don't trust Nagy and the bears at all. And if Allen Robinson leaves, after this year i mean who are they got? i mean i love mooney but mooney's not a wide receiver one they might have we might be looking at a bears rebuild again if they don't do very well do you trust them to assist, to build around justin fields i i tend not to but what about you
1: yeah i think obviously you also look at the weapons that trey lance already has even if Allen robinson stays you have brandon I you have george kittle Debo samuel for those that don't remember, he was looked like the next big thing before Brandon Ayuk. They have great stable running backs and a great system, great coaching staff with the 49 I think it's kind of like the Patrick Mahomes Deshaun Watson thing, where like both could be great, but Patrick Mahomes has been able to have all the stuff around him to succeed. Deshaun yeah. Watson kind of had to do everything he can, and he's still Deshaun Watson's still a great quarterback, but he's not Patrick Mahomes, right? And I think that could be something similar where we're like, hey. Justin Fields is making the best out of a, a bad situation, and he's still a great quarterback. But Trey Lance is has all this talent around him that's kind of making him to the next level. And so I could definitely see that. My question to you then, Kev, and this is I know this is a, not necessarily a dynasty question, but it's with those two guys. Are you looking to take either in your Scott Fishbowl? Because they both in mine, they went to like one, um, I think Justin Fields went at the end of the fourth round and Trey Lance at the beginning of the fifth round. So I wasn't even able to get them with my fifth round pick. Uh, back to me, either of them so is that are you targeting either of those guys with one of your early picks
0: no but that's i i might depend on how the draft would have went but since i have burrow and uh herbert right now they're still on the board though for me in the fifth so both are still there uh, and I'm actually on the clock right now. I'm just not picking because my my league's driving me nuts. So I'm going to let him wait <laughs> for a little bit. Uh, so I, I don't think I'm going to. I, I don't think I would be. But I don't mind him in the fifth, right? I think someone just took about the four twelve in Fields. I think I would – I think it's Scott Fishbowl. I think Fields would be the better option probably uh, be just. I think – I just think maybe he'll play a little bit more. Maybe they'll give him the reins a little bit more because, like you said, the weapons in 49ers and San Francisco is better. But the running back situation, they like to lean on those running backs where I think when the Bears give it to Fields, Fields is going to be the guy. And we could see Fields, you know, three touchdowns, uh, rushing. We're going to see that volume and and just basically the usage more for Fields this year. But I think Trey Lance overall in Dynasty, he's the guy I want.
1: Yeah, I was really upset that I didn't get either of them in Scott Fishbowl. Neither of them slipped. My draft has been absolutely nuts with taking guys from me left and right. Uh, let's go to the second question we have for you. Dynasty Sleeper, Hunter Long, Is he have long-term value, or should he be nicknamed Hunter Short because you don't believe in him?
0: Oh, God. All right, yes. that's This is why we have Mindy on the show, guys. You I, I know, <laughs> I love Hunter Long. I've been getting him everywhere in my dynasty leagues. You know, six five two fifty three kid from Boston College. He was probably Boston College's last year with him and Flowers being there were probably the two best assets on that team. You know, for me, he's a massive target. Uses his body well. He's a lead after the cats, and I think that he has that strong catch radius. And I think Miami's going to use use him there. Like I, th- I do think he's going to get a little play. So for me, if a tight end premium, if you're waiting, if you're looking for guys late, I like Hunter Long. I think he's going to. I think he's a true tight end. And I think Mike Gesek there, but he's more of a kind of slot. They use him in, in the slot vari- variation. They're going to use him more of the H back type view. I think Hunter Long is the tight end that you want to own there, and that's kind of one of my hot takes. So I would I would go after Hunter Long right now.
1: Boston College player I feel like produces really good players. Do I know Luke Keekley? Wasn't Luke Keekley from Boston College?
0: Uh, I don't really do defense, uh, but I'm oh, pretty... we found a hole,
1: we found a flaw in Kevin's <laughs> fantasy analysis. No IDPs. <laughs> No. I
0: don't do IDP, uh, and I and I yeah, I think he did. Go, yeah, he went to Boston College, but yeah, no IDP for me, and no. I don't watch Boston College. I will this year because of Zay Flowers, but that's about it.
1: And I, I think um the rotational defensive player for the Titans, the uh, uh, Harold Landry. I think he also went to Boston College. Those are the two I just remember top of my head. So they've had some good pros there. I think he could definitely. I, I, don't, know. I don't. That's good. <laughs> um,
0: I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad you had that. All right, we're going to go to redraft now. And uh, these have been the last three questions, and then we'll get out of here. Who would you rather draft in a redraft league, Ryan Tannehill or Jalen Hurts?
1: Whoever asked this question is a very good question. Um, <laughs> right now, they are next to each other in my rankings. I have Jalen Hurts seven. I have Ryan Tannehill eight. I could go either way, honestly. Um obviously rushing stats are huge in fantasy and he's going to give you Tanner or Hertz is going to give you that. The only part I thought hand, I'm a little concerned about with his rushing is he had seven rushing touchdowns last year. I don't know if he can replicate anywhere near that. If he goes down to like two or three, that could be a problem as far as his QB finish. Just have Julio Jones in the picture. Now, if you're asking me, it's going to depend on, and I know this is the cop-out answer. It's going to depend on your roster construction. If you have a safe team that you can afford to take a higher upside risk, I would take Jalen Hurts. If you have a team that you have a lot of high upside guys, but they also have low floors, then I would take Tannehill to say, because you Tannehill should be a top 10 quarterback if he's healthy. Hurts has the ability to be a top five quarterback if he does what he did at the end of last year for a full season. So that's the way I would approach it. Look at your roster and if you can take the risk or not.
0: Yeah, no, that is a cop-out answer, but that's, that's, a, that's the right answer. I mean, they're going as QB10, QB11, ADP is literally right next to each other. So you have the option to pick one of these guys, depending on where they're at. I, I like it. I, I think I'm going to go Tannehill. He's a little safer play for me. Uh, but if, and especially like if your leagues, if your leagues are a standard, I don't mind the Hurts one, uh, but if your leagues do do something for that like completion percentage or incompletions and stuff, Tannehill will probably be the safer option sure. there. Uh, but no, I, I agree. I think I think Tannehill Tannehill would probably be the better pick uh, just because of the safe floor. Uh, and and but it does depend. If you if like he said, if you picked a bunch of dudes that are just going for ceiling, you might want to take Tannehill to save you a little bit. Uh, now, how much? So I didn't know these existed because I'm not in redraft mind, but apparently they do because I asked. But how much does your draft strategy change when drafting for a super, super flex redraft compared to a one quarterback? Have you ever played in a super flex redraft?
1: I haven't. Uh, so <laughs> my answer will be looking at it for the first time, but yeah. So, I mean, to be honest, a super flex redraft, is not going to compare or isn't going to be too much different than a super flex dynasty as far as QBs are concerned? Unless obviously you want to get young quarterbacks either way. Um, yeah. if you're in some type of, of uh, dynasty league, but any type of redraft that's super uh, for those that don't know, obviously super flex, you're going to might, you're going to want two quarterbacks, one quarterback, it's one quarterback. So my draft strategy as far as if they're both redraft isn't going to change too much like the, the, depending on, you know, which one you're playing. Superflex, take your quarterback early, you're, and then you're going to probably in a few other rounds later take your second quarterback. If you're in one quarterback leagues, you wait to take QB at least to, like, the fifth or sixth round. Uh, if, if once you get past, like, the, the one, two elite guys, they all are kind of tightly packed together. And you can use those spots to upgrade your running back, wide receivers, that type of thing. So it doesn't really change too much for me from what the standard super flex leagues and, and the one quarterback leagues do uh, normally.
0: Yeah. I mean, the only thing I would think I would say is like if you're doing a super flex redraft, I would probably, do, like you said, get a quarterback really early, try to get one of the top guys. And then I would probably wait because it's redraft. So I don't need to rely on the guy next year. So I wouldn't mm-hmm. mind maybe taking a shot on like fits right later. Like, okay, I'll just. I'll take a shot on Fitz. I'll add to this team. If I maybe need to get some guys off the waiver because it's kind of redraft, I think that's less of a less of a concern for you. Like mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think you need to take two quarterbacks in the top five or top five rounds. Like I, I would kind of go away from that. But again, I've never, I don't, I don't plan redraft. So, or I mean I don't plan super flex redraft for sure. Except for the Scott Fishbowl, but it's a completely kind of different format. Uh now, last question here before we get out of here, is Lance Thomas a sleeper for you?
1: Um, can't say <laughs> he's really Lance Thomas, who I know where he's from. Lance Thomas, the, <laughs> the great Lance Thomas, uh, a great name. He He's also there's a professional basketball player named Lance Thomas. He's, um, he's somebody that I'm definitely looking at this year. As far as uh I have no idea <laughs> where he plays, <laughs> I'll be honest. Definitely, probably not for me. What about you, Kev?
0: <laughs> I love it. Uh, that's supposed to say Logan Thomas. I was trying to trick you a little bit. There. Oh, right. Is, is Logan, wow. Logan Thomas a sleeper for you? I wanted to see if you'd pick it up. You uh-huh. did not. You failed. Logan Thomas, what do you got?
1: I Logan Thomas is not on any of my teams this year. Logan Thomas okay. was directly benefiting from a bad offense, also from lack of weapons. Curtis Samuel is there now. Ryan Fitzpatrick's also there. Fitzpatrick does not like throwing to his tight ends. He's a wide receiver quarterback. And the passing game increased probably from Antonio Gibson. McKissick's still there. Uh, Samuel, one of the reasons I'm huge on Terry McLaurin is I think he's going to get the same target volume. And he's going to be heavily featured. Curtis Samuel is eating into Logan Thomas's targets, not Terry McLaurin's. So, yeah, no, no Logan Thomas on any of my teams this year.
0: I love all listeners out there. Don't you love how many was looking up Lance Thomas trying to figure out who he was and he just <laughs> could not do it? I love it. I love it. That's why we're here. That was supposed to be for Jacob, but I appreciate you uh, stepping in, and taking that hit right there. But Hey David, I appreciate you coming in and and being a pickup guy for us. Uh, you know, next week we should have Jacob back uh, once we figure out everything went well and he has his baby boy. We'll get we'll let all our listeners know. Until then, make sure you hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button, give us a like, tell us how we're doing, and we will catch you next week. Thanks for coming on, David.
1: Thanks for having me, Jamal Crawford. Ready to step in anytime.